there is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Net Zero Carbon, the show here at Freight Waves where we deep dive on decarbonization with a lens on freight fuels and energy. Listeners of the show will also know that we frequently take a look at the landscape of digital tools that are impacting sustainability and supply chains. And that's why I'm glad to bring on this week, Priya Rajagopalan, Chief Product Officer at Forkites. Priya, how are you? Thanks for joining the show. My pleasure, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for the conversation. I've looked up to the efforts that uh, Forkites specifically, but you as well, are progressing this conversation among customers and among clients and just among the industry in general. Uh, and it is a fast-moving conversation. And I think Forkites, to me, at least stands out as one of the companies out there that's really trying to not settle and push the ball down the field further, faster for clients and really meet customers where they're at, not just um, taking the the average data that's available, but really saying, how can we improve and, and move this forward together? Uh, I would love for you to share just a little bit about initially your role for Kites, for those who aren't familiar, just a, a brief overview of the company, uh, and then we can get into some exciting things you guys have going on. Absolutely. So Fork, I'll start with the Four Kites piece first. Uh, you know, we're about uh, eight years old, right? We were founded with the goal of bringing some re bringing real-time visibility to freight and transit. So we started with truckload moves, but we've since expanded to, you know, air, ocean, rail, parcel, courier, all modes. If it's in motion, you know, we not just track it, but we also use machine learning to provide a predictability of when it'll actually get there. We also have solutions around yard and appointment management, as well as order life cycle visibility. Uh, so, you know, I was an early employee at the company. Uh, I when, when I started, we had four customers. Uh, we signed our fourth the day I got there and a few employees. Uh, and so it's been a fantastic journey. I have responsibility for our uh, product and user experience teams. That is so good. I love hearing long, not long. I love hearing someone who's been there from the beginning and to be able to see how the company has evolved and changed over time says a lot. Is it fair to say that, you know, this focus on the sustainable aspect of tracking has been there from the beginning? Uh, you know, I would love to say yes. I think uh, at the beginning, honestly, we were just focused about, you know, as those of us in startups say, you, you know, about just living to fight another day, right? And so we wanted to make sure that we were solidifying the product market fit, uh, that, that we were actually bringing value to customers um, on a daily basis. I would say that the real sustainability focus started actually when we uh, began expanding into Europe a few years ago. Uh, so we had European, you know, as you know, Europe has been, I, I think, further ahead on several aspects around this, uh, not just the regulation, but also the awareness, right, the push. And so that came naturally when we uh, expanded into Europe. And so with that, though, I will say over the past couple of years, even in the U.S., uh, we see this across the board, uh, multiple industries, right, uh, much greater focus around sustainability, customers that not only want to understand how they can use Forkite's data uh, to do this, but also they are interested in collaborating with their peers at organizations. So it's uh, that that has been very heartening to see, Tyler. Yeah, and that's encouraging to hear because I think that's consistent with my experience as well. 
one Europe's five years ahead in almost all things sustainability. So that makes a lot of sense. But two, that it came organically from customers, right? It's one thing to, to try and change the world and look for a customer that wants the problem you're solving or wants the solution you're offering. It's another thing to work with customers backwards and say, hey, how can we help you meet your goals? And along the way, kind of stumble onto something, oh, this is really important and ties into a lot of other industries and customers we could expand into. So that that to me is great to hear that you guys followed that line of reasoning from your customers and it led you to where you're at today, which I think is the, the next segue. We want to hear, you know, what's new at Four Kites? What are you guys working on? We're, we're coming up on Earth Week. So do you have anything we can talk about? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that we recently made an announcement right around uh, our sustainability hub. Uh, we've had some robust uh, information you know, presented in what we call a sustainability dashboard. But with that, you know, there were a couple of uh, key highlights that that we included as part of that, right? One of that is, uh, you know, around our uh, support for what we call uh, smart way reporting capabilities. Uh, you know, we would you like me to hit on the key highlights there? Yeah, please. So yeah, the smart way excellence awards uh, for those, uh, you know, I think most of your listeners are likely familiar but those were instituted by the EPA, the Environment Protect Environmental Protection Agency, to recognize customers that have uh, shippers that have optimized for environmental performance and efficiency of their freight operations. Right, there's a set of data that they provide, uh, uh, you know, and then the top two percent get awarded or receive the Smartway Excellence recognition. And a majority of our customers actually do participate in these awards, uh, and we continue to see that percentage go up. And so much of the data, um, if pretty much all of the data really that they use to apply from the awards comes from four kites. And so what we've done is to make this easier for them uh, to apply for these awards, to make sure that they're tracking it and keeping track, you know, uh, monitoring their goals. And so we've introduced the SmartWay data into our sustainability reporting suite, right? For example, several of our customers have a goal that says there's also SmartWay also recognizes carriers Right, that that um, you know they certify carriers that again meet certain criteria on the basis of that you know they're part of the SmartWay partner program, and so now many of our shippers will say, for example, I want to go from having an eighty-five percent um, certified carrier based on SmartWay to ninety-five percent. Right, these types of goals we allow them. It can be hard for shippers to track this across systems. Right, there could be several TMS systems, uh, transportation management systems they're working with across business units, regions, we enable them to bring all of this data together so they can easily see, you know, what is the percentage of smartway carriers in the U.S., uh, what their total load volume is, you know, that is being moved that is smartway certified and those that are not. Uh, so those are some examples, right, along with smartway carrier rankings uh, into our analytics itself. This way now a shipper can, you know, reward and continue to work with these carriers that meet you know, their sustainability goal, you know, as you, supply chain folks often say, it's a team sport. But I think especially with sustainability, uh, you know, that is especially true. But when you think about the number of, uh, you know, folks that are in the ecosystem, uh, I truly think that it will take everyone working together to move, uh, you know, to, to move forward on uh, against these goals. That's important to mention the, the collaboration piece, but I, I, I would call out there, Smartway has been around for a while and it's been important for a long time and it does award 
uh, reward the top performing environmental fleets and, and shippers. Um, a lot of times I have felt that, you know, we always want to be going further faster and it feels like sometimes that's just a reporting headache. But what this solution does is make that reporting headache go away so that you can actually make some transactional procurement relationship decisions a little bit faster. Instead of having a checkbox on your RFP, yes, no, binary, are you smart way to get in? You can actually start to do something with that data when it's served up easy. So I love that you guys are doing that. That's right. And, you know, finally, you know, even in the next couple of uh, months, one of the offerings that we will have is because the smart way, uh, you know, awards, I think are in, I want to say it's October, the Q4 is when um, it happens. And so, you know, one of the things we want to do to make it easier for them is to just make it super easy to uh, actually be able to submit their data in the official SmartWay submission format. So it then saves all of the internal running around, right? The manual emails, the going back to check the RFP forms and so on. Uh, so that's that's the idea. We hope, you know, again, uh, something small, but I think meaningful certainly on this side for uh, for for these shippers who, and we hope even more of our customers will apply and be awarded this year. That's the goal. That's excellent. Yeah, put that banner on the wall when you can get a government agency using actual this century technology to streamline processes. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for that one. I think that's a great example. Any uh, any other initiatives unveiling this week? Uh, you know, I think uh, th those those are the big ones that uh, that is the big one that we're working on. Of course, uh, you know, on an ongoing basis, you know, our suite of solutions uh, we're looking to. We're looking for, uh, you know, literally with every enhancement uh, across, we, we release prints every two weeks. We're always looking to make sure that, uh, you know, we are collecting even simple things, right? Like distance traveled, right? The weight, uh, the weight, which is a big deal, right? To be able to make sure that we're uh, uh, tracking load weight accurately. That was one of the enhancements we made as well, uh, Tyler, because that allows shippers to have a more accurate understanding of their actual scope three carbon footprint. That, that one's an important one to double click on. And that, I think most listeners will be familiar with the phrase scope three carbon footprint. Uh, maybe we can unpack briefly why it's important to understand what goes into that and how you can Im improve it with something like load weight. Yeah. So when you think about, um, when you think about load weight in particular, uh, right, it is all about uh, scope three, of course, as everyone is familiar with. It is about um, not just the the emissions that you control directly, which is your scope one, such as your factories, uh, your uh, you know that your manufacturing facilities, and so on. Scope three is more about your partners that you're using in the ecosystem. So, in the case of a shipper, you know, for example, the carriers' emissions would be part of their scope three carbon footprint, right? And so, if you think about weight, as an interesting one. Because if you think about modes like air or uh, less than truckload or even less than container load, weight is a big factor to con uh, to consider because you want to look at your cargo's specific environmental impact versus that of an entire asset, right? If you're on a container ship, uh, depending on what portion uh, of the container ship you occupy or how many containers you have on board, you could be vastly overcounting your footprint. So I think in that sense, uh, the accuracy really matters. But even for other modes, uh, you know, if you think about rail cars, trucks, they're often not fully loaded and weight will change the amount of fuel used because of, you know, heavier acid, greater inertia and resistance. So it's going to need more 
uh, fuel and energy. Uh, put simply, big difference, right, to shipping toilet paper versus steel or timber. And so in that sense, uh, this is something that we've always, uh, you know, we've uh, been able to take different inputs, but now we're actually asking for weight uh, and we're encouraging um, our partners to make sure that weight is a part of, you know, is one of the things that gets submitted with every load, not just an overall estimate of how much do they think it weighs. Uh, so I think all of these um, are uh, small but very meaningful movements forward in being being able to uh, to measure more accurately a shipper's uh, shipper or carrier's uh, carbon footprint. Uh, no, that's great to hear, and it is it is a work of progress, right? Every degree we get closer to an actual granular primary piece of data, we get closer to knowing the true carbon footprint, and we're no longer reliant on averages or just activity data. You actually know this piece of cargo weighed this much and went this route on this mode, and you can get really accurate, and that saves you as you mentioned, the severe overestimation of emissions in many cases could be 50, 60% if you're just using averages or raw data, or not raw data, secondary data from you know a basket of carriers instead of that carrier on that load with that fuel. Absolutely, right? And if you think about a container ship and its capacity, uh, you know, just depending on what portion you have of it, um, yeah, you can get a lot more accurate and granular, which I think is the right way to go. Same thing with distance traveled, right? versus just simply estimating if you're actually looking at literally like this is how many, uh, this is the route the carrier took and these are the miles that were driven, uh, you again get a much more accurate picture, which may not mean as much on a single load basis, but when you think about the millions of loads, uh, again, you get a much more, uh, much less margin of error, right? Super important for people to realize that it's not talked about enough. So I'm glad you guys are bringing that to pop up on the dashboard for shippers so they understand what's going into those numbers. What are some other ways that we can start to use data like that and help shippers take it, ingest it, and make meaningful decisions to their network to start to operationalize or even just understand their progress? Like what are some tools that Forecast has that that help shippers do that? Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a really good question, Tyler. If you step back and say where is, you know, when we think about kind of the spectrum and how we move, uh, you know, as you pointed out, Europe was there a few years ago. Um, I think in the U.S., it's about moving along that spectrum of there is awareness, there is interest, right? If you think about that, um, but there's still a lot of, uh, and there's even a desire, right, to participate, whether it's in Star Smartway Awards, co collaborate with peers. But there's a lot of things that are still being done manually. Uh, you know, the many organizations are investing in what is called the Office of Sustainability, for example, um, which is great. But then what frequently happens is this one person or this this office or team that has been charged for it spends a lot of time trying to collect this data across other teams. Then their next request is once they have one version of it, their next request is frequently, well, how how can you make sure that I get this on an ongoing basis, right? Whether there's that's monthly or quarterly. And I think the biggest area of opportunity that I see there is um, how can Forkites or others make it easy for uh, the shippers when all of this um, when all of this interest is there, how can we make it easy for them uh, to, to minimize the manual effort, to have the data ready to go so that they can then actually move on to taking the action. So having said that, um, 
you know, a solution like Forkites or similar to certainly measure and track uh, scope three emissions across, again, all modes in carriers, um, be able to look at it by mode uh, using, you know, and this is, I think, one of the things that uh, shippers are having their office of sustainability um, or similar do, right, which is where is the opportunity to use less emissions intensive modes. And again, visibility can help by providing uh, you know, when you're making that trade-off between customer service and cost and sustainability, we can, you know, take some of that guesswork out uh, by being able to predict, hey, is are you likely to get that load there on time if you use this mode? Uh, is it an option at all to use Ray? Uh, to be able to understand, the other piece would be understand how dwell com contributes to emissions. I think this one is super interesting uh, for the audience. I don't know if folks realize um, some of the numbers around that just a single idling truck can burn an average of you know one gallon of diesel fuel per hour well what does that mean you know there's 22 uh, pounds of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere a truck you know we often see this right uh, a trucker who's spending four hours a day for example waiting in lines at a warehouse uh, because the warehouse is out of capacity that you know that truck has contributed nearly 100 pounds of excess carbon dioxide per day on top of whatever it is they've already incurred in transit. So when you think about these numbers, uh, it really puts certainly real-time visibility, the impact of what actions are taken, uh, you know, when, when these are identified, uh, it puts it into perspective. We have, for example, a yard management and an appointment manager solution that again, you know, I was saying one of our goals has been to make sure that that link is maintained across solutions, right? The the emissions that we're tracking, we're maintaining that not just for in transit, but also the rest of our solutions like uh, our yard and appointment manager so that folks can actually dynamically make better decisions. You know, for example, hey, this truck is three hours late. Can I actually schedule another truck instead? What you've then done is to minimize the wait time, right? There's already a truck that is in your warehouse. You can now t unload that one and you've just, you know, again, save the potential uh, carbon dioxide emissions that are likely to come from the one that would have been waiting. Uh, so it's all about really having the right data to make decisions, to take the right decisions with. And I think that's the, the, that's a goal. Uh, yeah, I would have, And that's such a great example because it's such a big piece of a driver's day. I mean, if you're on this network and you listen to the show, you should know drivers do not get enough efficiency because they're sitting there waiting to load and unload in many cases for lots of reasons. But having that data served up to me is just another example of how we elevate the importance of sustainability for the shipping community by saying, yes, you're missing out on cost and time. And it's that yes, and, and you're emitting X. And that piece has never been measured before in many, by many parties in this transaction. So having that front and center for them, if their organization is at all motivated about sustainability, just having that and being able to tie it to all these different operational issues is so important because now they can get a feather in their cap for saying, hey, not only did we you know, optimize our, our time on the dock, but we also saved X number of emissions. Isn't that great? Absolutely, right? It's that, I think that has been perhaps, um, a, that is perhaps the most important thing that we can do, right? Which is to tie you know, operational efficiency by definition has an obvious impact on sustainability. But I think the nice thing is that we can, when you can see, uh, just as you put it there, right, lower dwell and exactly what, sure, it's going to help you become, 
you know, a, a shipper of choice, but it's also going to help you save save on carbon emission. Exactly right. That's great. So that's the dynamic yard tool. That's right. That's right. Um, and then, you know, the ultimately, right, even when you think about one of the things we are seeing with our shippers is when they think about their carrier partners, uh, there's obviously sustainability is just one of those, um, one of the criteria that goes into it, right? And we're glad to see it's coming. Uh, it's now uh, one of the criteria. It may not have been a few years ago. Right? In addition to when you think about uh, customer service, cost, right? it's just one of those variables, but it is becoming a more important one. We have a carrier scorecarding tool where uh, you know a shipper gets to choose right my weight on sustainability. If I was a carrier, maybe different than yours. If you were running, uh, you know, if I was a shipper, maybe different than yours, Tyler, and so on. Um, and it also depends, right? There are some areas where if it's perhaps in facility to facility freight, into facility fair freight, I might be fine. Um, and it's not, you know, particularly time sensitive goods. I might be fine with making that trade off with sustainability having the higher uh, higher weightage. But on the other hand, if it's a promotional order that has to hit yeah, the market before Thanksgiving, then obviously I'm going to prioritize, you know, whatever's going to be the fastest way to get it there. And so we provide them a way to look to weight these things differently and then be able to evaluate their, uh, their carriers and make the right choices when it comes up for bid time. Interesting. Can we double click on that a little bit? Because that that's super insightful. We've said for a long time on this show, it's not just cost and service. You've got a third lever now you've got to pull and that's your carbon. How are you going to measure it? What's it cost you? How do you figure your total logistics cost when that is a component? So is that data coming from, you already said you bring in some smart way data. Is that an additional amount of data you guys are building that scorecard out of? Yeah, so we have a scorecard and within that, because that's the thing, right? It's a complex of factors. And depending on the type of freight, the customers you serve, as I said, you know, inter-facility versus external, you need to be able to choose your weights differently in the scorecard. And so what we're giving them then is a way where I can say, well, on these types of loads, right, sustainability has, I'm making it up, a 30% factor. And maybe on some other type of loads, which, again, maybe it's grain, right, and there's no sensitivity because I have enough, you know, you know enough grain reserves across uh, my network where, uh, you know, I can say sustainability is the number one factor. And so I'm going to increase the weight of sustainability on all my grain loads. And so we allow them to, to weight these, each of these factors, each of them are tied to certain criteria. And so uh, then you look at carrier performance through that lens, right? Then I might say, well, for all my grain loads, 100% of them are only going to be, I'm only going to use smartway carriers because I have a choice of carriers that serve these lanes. And that's my number one factor. I'm making that up, but you get the idea. When it's on something else, I might say, well, guess what? There's only two carriers that serve this lane. It's really not much of a choice at all. Or third, I might say, well, on these outbound loads that are hitting Walmart and Costco, you know, on-time performance is my number one factor because, of course, as we know, OTIF fines can kill me. And so there, on-time performance is going to be the thing that I'm going to wait above anything else. Uh, and so these are just, uh, I think, just being able to have this type of decision-making, you know, what-if decision-making tools at your hands allows you to make better decisions. And that's that's really our goal. So exciting. I love hearing about all these different solutions. We are getting close on time, which is a bummer because we could probably keep going on for an hour or so. 
Uh, I'm curious though, I ask everybody that comes on the show, but I don't I haven't had the privilege of asking you this yet. So when you wake up in the morning and you go to work as the chief product officer, why does it matter that you get to work on improving sustainability for you know your company and your customers? Yeah, it's very simple, right? In our business, we provide solutions uh, that simply help folks, uh, the hardworking folks in supply chain do their jobs better and more efficiently day to day. But if you can do that, you know, build a cool cutting edge solution that has meaningful impact, but also make an impact on the planet, you know, for our kids and the generations that come after them. I think that's truly exciting at a personal level. And I speak not just for myself, but I would say our entire, you know, team of uh, uh, R&D folks and the product managers uh, that work on this, right? And I'll give you one uh, little uh, vignette here. Last year, when we first wanted to to invest a lot more within sustainability, um, we actually asked for volunteers. This is literally the only product across in the history of Forkites where we did not assign a single contributor from product engineering or user experience. We I actually put it out on our internal Slack channel and said, who would like to work on this? And the first set of folks, we were oversubscribed on all three teams, meaning product engineering and UX. And the first set of teams, um, team that, teams we said, you're going to have to start with much of this is brainstorming and so on. And they chose to do it in their off hours just because they were so passionate about it. And then it became, you know, it really had legs. We now, of course, have dedicated teams working across the organization. Uh, but the the first set of team uh, the first team that was assigned to it was entirely uh, volunteer based and so it just gives you a sense of um, how exciting this is uh, for uh, for everyone that is doing their jobs right so my motivation is no different than the rest of my team which is just uh, it's a, it's our small contribution uh, to to making the <laughs> to to leaving behind uh, something good for our future generations. That's a great legacy we should aspire to leave. And I'm, I'm happy you mentioned that example because it confirms what I hear anecdotally a lot is that people want to work on this. You see people leaving their jobs and quitting to go work on climate. And that's true in all sectors, especially for younger generations. But even for those of us that have been around the industry for a while, you almost get a new set of glasses to look at the problems and reframe issues that you haven't had before. And it's kind of invigorating as a solution provider, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for doing this. <clears throat> thank you for breaking down Forkites. Apologies for my Tennessee allergy voice here today, but thanks for, for sharing everything with our listeners. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, Tyler. It was a pleasure. Fantastic topic. Thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity. Anytime. Thank you. Trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions.